When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. It's episode 127. It's Monday, January 30th, and the Mets are not done spending yet. They spend pretty wisely on their latest deal that we're very excited to talk about. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly. Joining me is the very somber, maybe a little bit sad, but ultimately optimistic for the future, Jerry Blevins. Jerry, how you doing? <laughs> you nailed it. You summed it up <laughs> in a, all. You put me in a... In a nutshell, and that's that's sums up all my emotions. It was a tough loss for the Bengals. Mm. What a beautiful game. It goes down, and it was a penalty. I could be a complete biased, you know, Bengal fan that felt like a lot of calls went their way. I don't think you're wrong. Like, overtly. And, I, you know, in the moment, I'm like, this feels biased. Mm. But at the same time, why would it be – why would they decide to only go for Kansas City – because Joe Burrow is a superstar too. So oh, it's yeah. not like, you know, major market, minor market. I, I don't know, but it felt wrong. But I do know that the future is bright for my Bengals. So I, I'm excited, you know, another year of, of very good possible Super Bowl winning style. So I, I'm happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summation of it. And with the Chiefs and Eagles kind of in the Super Bowl, my, my interest has waned. You know, Wild Card Weekend, it was up there. I was really into all the teams in the field. Got a lot of good games. My Giants won. Now I'm, I'm kind of out of it. It's kind of it's baseball season now in my mind. If with the Chiefs and Eagles at the end, I'm just not into it. I don't know. I uh, How about the Empire State Building rocking some Eagles Dude, colors? That's what a what that's a, What a big L. Who made that call? Who gave that order? That's a uh, crazy so like thing. the they're pretty they've been pretty funny with their social media over the years like they did the little brother <laughs> little sibling day and right. they shouted out the Chrysler building which was hilarious <laughs> uh this was terrible yeah, I was man. like embarrassed I felt awkward for the Empire State Building don't do that I mean it might be a little different if like the Eagles didn't embarrass the Giants like the week before but still I, I don't think any Philly you know, any Philly colors are are where to go. So I don't I was, think any Phillies a, fan is thinking, oh, thank God the Empire State Building. Whoever you know. approved that should be fined. Uh, everybody that said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. I just want to chat with him. I want to get inside his brain for five minutes. They should uh, They should have to stand in front of their locker and answer <laughs> questions. Like, what were you thinking when you decided to do this? Uh, you know, like, you're just trying to win the game. And uh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We talked a lot about football for the first five minutes of the show, but... We are talking about the Mets. We are talking about Jeff McNeil getting a contract extension from the Mets brass. Every time we think they're done spending, they spend a little bit more. And they honestly spent on Jeff McNeil, the batting champion, a little bit less than I thought they would. He ends up signing a four-year, $50 million contract extension. That's a 12.5 
million AAV, and Jeff McNeil is going to be with the club for at least the next four years, possibly a fifth year with the club option there. A lot to love about this deal. I was pleasantly surprised, and the Mets get one of their two guys possible for extension locked up. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's it's very team-friendly. Mm. Um, Jeff McNeil wants to be a Met. He's happy, secure, enjoys everything. I think I am surprised that it was that was the the amount and the years. I, th- I thought uh, it was low for a player of his abilities. Mm. Um, but I'm also it's fair. It's not like he didn't. He's he's not. It's it's a fair market that he could have gotten that on the open market if he were a free agent, whatever the case may be. Sure. But uh, I love the deal for the Mets. I love the deal for. Uh, for Jeff McNeil, uh, they get him for an extended prime. He's a, a late bloomer, right. so he was going in a little bit older than everybody else if he hit free agency. He gets some security, and the team gets one of the best bat-to-ball players in baseball, uh, a grindy defensive uh, aggressor on uh, on defense. He's very good on both sides of the ball. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I mean, when I first saw the signing, I was a little shocked on Jeff's end, I guess, for taking what I thought would have been a little bit lower of an offer, but kind of put things into perspective. One, you don't have to go through arbitration now. They duck out of all of that. That buyout is arbitration. That's great for both sides. Two, McNeil would have been 33 years old when he hit free agency. He was a late bloomer, as he said. His first year in the bigs, he was 26. Now he's 30 years old. He's going to be 31 next season. So it makes sense on account of that. Also, I feel like a lot of contact guys don't get a lot of love in free agency. They're not as prioritized as the big boppers in free agency. And, you know, we'll talk about Pete Alonso and what that contract might look like. It's going to be more than this for sure. But when you kind of take it all into perspective, I think it's great for Jeff McNeil. He gets to stay with the organization that he came up with. He gets to be the middle infield duo with Francisco Lindor for the next half decade. There's a lot to like from all of that. And I'm really, you know, a year ago we were talking about, is Jeff McNeil going to get traded? Like, where is he going to land? What can we get for him? Do we sell low? Now we're extending him for the next four years. It's crazy how much a year changes things. I just want to, I just want to put this out there that I was anti-trading Jeff McNeil through and through, through and through, through and through. I pondered it. (laughs) I pondered it for a little bit. Um, I'm glad they did. It's fair. I think the thing I said the most last offseason was I'm glad I'm not a GM of the baseball team because these are hard decisions to make. And They're the very hard decisions. Decision. But again, this is a big win. Jeff McNeil going to be a Met for the for the next few years, right through his prime, extended prime, whatever the case may be, uh, with an option for a fifth. Keeps everybody happy. And that is a huge bonus for the Mets. I guarantee they were like, Phew, we had yeah. that done. We don't have to worry for the next couple of years. Uh, and Jeff McNeil gets some security. Um, both in his wallet and the fact that he knows he's going to be a Met for a while. Yeah, I mean, second base and shortstop are not easy positions to lock up like luxury pieces at, and the Mets have done that at least through 2028. There are a lot of Mets that are going to be locked up through 2028, which feels like a fake year when you read it out loud, especially like 2031, 2032. But McNeil, Edwin Diaz, Kodai Senga, Brandon Nemo, Francisco Lindor, all these guys for at least the next five years and more for some of the ones at the end there, they're going to be New York Mets. So we kind of have, you know, a core forming that we kind of already knew was going to be the Mets core, but the Mets have put up the money to ensure that these guys stay in Queens, which is really, really encouraging. Very nice. Very nice. 
uh, like the Atlanta Braves light. <laughs> yeah, no, but really, I mean, we hadn't really seen kind of one of those cost-friendly, team-friendly deals that the Braves do. Well, they they these. haven't really had a guy show up at 21 right. years old and light the, light the league on fire like <laughs> the Braves have had like two a year, I think. It's crazy. I mean, they're probably going to get another one this year with Vaughn Grisham. Who knows? Who knows? He did that last year. I'm not counting it. You're not counting it? I feel like we might have not seen the best from him yet. That's very fair. I, I say that, but he he stormed out the door last year. Crazy, and I think he so. was what a single A player when he came up, high A. That's wild. Crazy. All right, but we are talking about the Mets, not the Braves. So that's true. I, I guess let's let's kind of judge McNeil's outlook because we just did talk about he is a late bloomer. He's an older guy. He does get this sense of job security, and you know we we had 2021, which was a very frustrating year for Jeff McNeil. I think the consensus was. He was trying to pull for too much power. He wasn't doing, you know, he wasn't leaning into his strengths as a pure hitter. So I guess what version of Jeff McNeil will we see? I feel comfortable saying that I think he's probably going to stick to the strategy he used a lot last year, which led him to a batting title. Um, But, you know, you did mention in our top 10 ranking, which I thought was a good point, how, you know, the shift is not really a factor anymore. So I think a lot of guys are probably going to hit for higher average this year. I don't think that that lessens the value of Jeff McNeil in any way, but I do think it's an an interesting point to bring up. I think, you know, the the biggest thing holding him back is power yeah. because you got to be able to produce runs, especially in certain lineups. If you're going to be a big, you know, big chunk of the payroll, you got to be able to do that. So that's why he he fell to me. He fell in my list of 10. Yeah. Um, simply for that. But he's so valuable to any team he's going to be on. And then you're right. I think. This is all speculation, obviously, with the the anti shift. But I think his skill set is devalued a little bit because yeah. the the av- league average is going to raise a little bit. I think again, speculative. Um, that'll make him stand out a little bit less. But he's still better than everybody, almost everybody in the league, at just being able to put the ball in play and do it with style, um, flip it, fight it off, uh, whatever the case may be. And I do think, you know, I don't think. 12 home runs is is asking too much for Jeff McNeil. Right. He's still got the power if he turns on some balls that, that get in because his whole – like you can get him to swing at balls way in off here, and that's all day because he thinks he can hit everything, which right. is correct and incorrect. So I would challenge him here with a fastball, see if he swings through it. But if you miss, which is – it's hard to throw exactly where you want. If you miss out a little bit, he's going to turn on that and put it in the upper deck. We saw it a few times – um, we saw it a bunch throughout his career, 23 homers and 19 and only 133 games. He's got it. Um, you remember Josh Reddick at all? Of course. So Josh Reddick, great ball player, um, incredible defender. One year when he first came over to Oakland that 2012 season, he hit like 33, 32 homers. Yeah. Um, he did the same thing that, that Jeff McNeil did. He didn't try too hard. The ball just – he just took advantage of – of mistakes over the middle and just hit him and he was crushing him in in the Coliseum. So right. no offense to, you know, City Field, but it's not <laughs> as big as the Coliseum. But I think he got a little bit big. So did Jeff McNeil thinking they're going to be 30 home run guys and they figured themselves out a little bit. I think Jeff McNeil's skills at the plate definitely will age well because he doesn't swing too hard. He doesn't you know, he's not trying to hit home runs. He's simply up there putting the bat on the ball. Um, I think the contract is a huge win for the Mets. Mm. Um, and it keeps Jeff McNeil happy, which is is good for the clubhouse. Um, just, a, just a great ball player. 
that would be a glue type player for any team. Uh, I'm I'm so like so surprised that it got done this early, considering the the amount that it was. Usually, if you go after a guy this early, you have to really entice him. Yeah. Uh, for for years, but whatever the case may be, it is a huge win for for both both sides. I think it's you know as somebody that has watched him play for a half decade now, uh, he's a hell of a ball player. I'm excited to cover him. Yeah, I mean, so many win-win deals for the Mets this offseason. The Nimmo deal feels very win-win. Eight years of a premium center fielder with that low AAV. McNeil kind of feels the same way. And, you know, you brought, you brought up, like, the home run ball. I mean, McNeil still slugged 454 last season with nine home runs, and that's because he smacked 39 doubles, which is a crazy high amount. <laughs> I mean, his OPS Plus is about the same as Pete Alonso, who's crushing 40 a season. So McNeil... He does it in different ways, which I think is so important to the the context and the composition of the Mets lineup. Um, Good point. You know, he batted everywhere last season. We really liked him in the five hole for a lot of last season. And, you know, when you look at his numbers, he doesn't really profile that way. But he's a great clutch hitter. He works a good at bat, and he's great with runners in scoring position. And, you know, you don't need the home run ball. And City Field... I think has kind of like a sneaky good right field for Jeff McNeil. So when he gets a hold of one, he's able to cr- uh, crank one out. You know, he had a couple big home runs last season. But I think if you get this similar kind of production from every year, play 140 games, bat 300, take your doubles when you can get them. That's a solid bat to have in your lineup. My, I think my favorite Mets lineup is when he's in the bottom half of the order. When he's hitting you know? eighth, it's nice. It's oh, really nice. it's unbelievable to have a guy of that caliber in the second half of your lineup. It just it just extends everything. Right. Um, you just feel like he's going to hit everything. I felt like every time he was up in a clutch situation that the Mets were going to win uh, to come through, and for him to be in like the eight hole, like unbelievable, huge W. But he's too good to not keep. And like fifth, I don't, I don't mind him fifth. I really don't either. We still don't really That's have a someone discussion for Pete. spring training probably, but like, I don't want him. I love him. It's a luxury to have him in the bottom half of the order, but he's too good to not get enough at bats because, you know, cumulative stats. The guy could be a 200 hit kind of guy. Right. If he got the at bats, um, which he won't in this lineup. I don't think he's going to get 600 and 700 at-bats. I mean, I don't think he's going to bat first or second because Nimmo Marte is just a really good formula at the top, yeah. you know? And that's going to be the next yeah. four years. Yeah, and so uh, him protecting Pete Alonso, it's a different skill set than a Schwarber that we would love. Right. But it's a very, you know, you put guys on, this guy's going to make you make a play on defense. Mm-hmm. And with the inability to shift, you know, the we'll see what 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 the outcome is. But I don't mind him batting fifth. I think that's... That's amazing spot for him. So yeah, and I mean, in a perfect world, you know, Vogelback's firing on all cylinders, Canna's hitting well, and you can lower him in the lineup and have that in a, line in of a extension. perfect world. Yeah. Eduardo Escobar is batting fifth. That's true. That's true. That was kind of <laughs> like we were talking about that last year. How that was like his upside. He could be the the twenty five home run guy to protect Pete. That's it. We'll see because you know we do have another year of Escobar, so we'll see how that goes. But I I the games where we had McNeil at eighth and ninth, like early in the season were really nice because the pitchers don't get to breathe. You know, you get through no. the one through five gauntlet. You have killers at the bottom of the lineup with like Canna and McNeil and Escobar when he's at his best. So all good things there. Um, I also want to ask you, I guess, do you think McNeil is still going to split time as like the fourth outfielder now? Or do the Mets kind of just pigeonhole him at second base? That's his spot. 
I haven't really took a super deep dive into their roster construction yet, mm. but I feel like he's a second baseman. Yeah. Everyday second baseman. The only time he gets time off is if, you know, Canna's ailing or they, they have to do something in the outfield. For, for me, he's the second baseman uh, every day. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way, too. I mean, the outfield depth is admittedly a little thin. You know, you have mm-hmm. Darren Ruff, who can probably only play left, play left field. Same with Tommy Pham. Uh, people are forgetting we got Timmy LeCastro, too, which I'm excited about because he's a speedy, nice bat off the bench that all the Yankees fans. I forgot about that. Love. Yeah, I forgot. About, I did. He could be good. You never know. So, yeah. I mean, I'm rooting for him mostly, but I, w- when, I would like to see McNeil as a second base. When they sign Tommy Pham, I don't think McNeil sees much of the outfield. Yeah. Um, maybe later in the game, kind of bringing Guillaume in, he slides over. I don't know. Uh, I just feel like he's he's too good at second base. I think him and Lindor, their chemistry is going to it needs to to reach another level. Last yeah. year, it really got to a certain level, but again, with these shifts, they're going to be a lot more double play opportunities right, because right. they're going to be playing their primary positions. Um, I think you're going to need to see more reps of them together. Uh, for that to to truly peak. Yeah, I definitely agree that it got it improved so much last season, and it's interesting to think that you know Lindor can kind of bring that out of McNeil that that next level. And uh, most of McNeil's great metrics, he was 90, 95th percentile and ounce above average. Most of that came from second base. But we saw him make some really nice plays in right and left field last year. Underappreciated defense in the outfield. Like, I, that's a, another thing. I'm so impressed with Jeff McNeil's defensive abilities. I always knew he was a solid second baseman. He really turned it up, but his outfield play from when we first came up and he started playing the outfield to his ability, he he's a gold glove left fielder. Right. Like I'm not, that's not, you know, I'm not just saying things. I, I, I truly think if he played every day in left field, if he accumulated enough left field stats, I think he could win and should win a gold glove. The guy just makes plays. He has a, a nose for the ball. He's like one of those outside linebackers that just all you see him everywhere. Every tackle you see him like jumping up and then clapping his hands. He's mm. that kind of guy. And when you put him in left field, he just makes plays close to the wall, sliding everywhere. The guy just knows how to get to the baseball. Yeah, I mean, he almost to a fault, he's not afraid to put his body on the line. I mean, I, the one there play... There are times. The one play in San Francisco last year where I think the Mets, <laughs> Mets were down like 8 nothing in the second inning, and he goes crashing into the short left field wall. They had to pull him from the game. That's the one I always think of when I think of McNeil in the outfield because he doesn't care, man. He just wants to make the play, which is really admirable but also kind of scary. Yeah, very scary. I, I feel you on that. Like, ooh, bud, we're up, you know, 15 runs. Feel like Thomas Sapucky gave up a grand slam in the first. Like, you know, you can let it go foul. It's all right. How dare you? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the big news on the Mets front. McNeil is going to be under contract for the foreseeable future. He's likely, you know, for most of his prime, his career is going to be a Met, which is very cool. Like, Brandon Nimmo's probably going to be a Met for life now as well. So, these are lifetime Mets that are going to be the next era of Queens baseball, which is awesome. This will, this will go down and be kind of just not even a big story for most of baseball. There's a lot of other stuff going on, but this is secretly, especially those teams in the NL East are like, dang. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to see this guy stay in this uniform and stay in this lineup because they understand what kind of impact he brings. Um, it's truly a tremendous contract for the Mets front office who have just 
crushed it this entire off season. Um, this is a good one. This one, again, we'll get swept under the rug with, sure. with all the extensions, with the free agencies, with uh, the bringing of Kodai Singa. Uh, shout out to Kodai Singa, by the way. Happy 30th birthday today. Oh, very nice. Today? Yeah. No way. Um, but this will be swept under the rug because it's it's not huge news. It's not a huge extension. It's not a huge amount of money. Right. But uh, it is a big, big deal for this ball club. It's really nice uh, to have a player that other teams hate facing but know they would love to have on their own team. It's nice to have that guy in your lineup on your roster because I know if Jeff McNeil was a Philly or a Brave, he would drive me insane. So I'm very glad he's a Mets. <laughs> he drives me insane and he's on my team and he was a part of my it, – It's the but again, he has matured tons with his right. like mm-hmm. antics and his helmet slamming and his – Sure, that, we really that, didn't uh, see that COVID last year. year. Yeah. I forgot about that. The COVID year with him. Well, when you hit 327 or 326, yeah. there's not a lot of room for, for <laughs> cuss words. For frustration. But that whole COVID year when there was no fans in the stands, you just hear every F-bomb he ever threw. <laughs> uh, that's what we should get John Boy. I'll be like, hey, Jimmy, like, just cut a bunch of McNeil cuss words. There are from- so <laughs> many like F-bomb compilations from the 2020 season. Because what, <laughs> what are they going to do? There are hot mics everywhere. They can't do I anything. Know. You got to like change a lot of your habits right there. That's exactly. you know, half the reason why I sat out. I got this you know squeaky clean image to keep up. Exactly. Of course. you know People can't hear you I'm say that. I'm out there you know, talking shit to the players, telling them that they're terrible <laughs> in my own head you know to myself. They can't Just hear to me. Just hype but yourself in my head, up though. About to destroy you, and then you got me mic'd up, and they're like, "Oh my god, this guy's too intense." Jerry Blevins, a huge asshole. What the hell? <laughs> Thought he was like this nice guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And guys, the Mets are placing a bet on McNeil for the next four years, and you can play some bets too for today's sponsor, the DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode of Shea Station. Uh, guys, I just planned my futures bets for MLB this year. I picked my Cy Young winner, my Rookie of the Year. And if you're in baseball mode, you can do all of that right now. But if you want some immediate live-action game bets, you got to bet on the NBA. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day betting on NBA basketball. Love that. So go to their easy and free-to-use app right now opt-in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. You can bet on the Knicks and the Nets, whatever team you want. I got no judgment here. Download their app now and sign up with code SHEA. That's important. S-H-E-A. And new customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. With code SHEA, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, well, you talked about Kodai Senga before. Happy birthday to him, which is splendid. I love that for Kodai. Uh, he recently told uh, the Mets that he's sitting out of the World Baseball Classic. He's not pitching for Team Japan. He's going to go to Mets spring training, get acclimated. Uh, I'm a little you know, sad for, you know, I, I really like the World Baseball Classic as a concept, and I'm really excited for it. And I do think, you know, when Kodai Senga is pitching for Team Japan five or so years ago, striking out. Giancarlo Stanton, Evan Longoria. You know, that's a really, really cool sight. At the same time, I'm very, very happy that he's going to, you know, not take that risk and go to Mets spring training and get acclimated the way he feels is proper. Uh, it's the right move. Yeah. It's a smart move. It's it's not the easy move. I'm sure there's a lot of people in his home Japan who are very unhappy to, yeah. to see it, but they understand, man. Uh, 
Samurai Japan is an awesome team, international baseball. To me, Japan is like the peak of international Japan, Cuba, the U.S. Right. Like, you know, the Dominican, all those, the Latin American countries hold their own. But I just love the style of play and missing one of your best pitchers is huge. But it's the right move. He's coming in. He's going to be in a brand new style rotation with every fifth day. Um, he's getting acclimated to the playing every day, all that stuff. So it's a smart move. He needs to be in his first spring training. He needs to be around the team. He needs to get familiar with with the personnel, the personalities, and uh, just the feel of the team. He needs to be in on the team meetings. It would have been – you wouldn't – if you were a player in that team, on that team, in that clubhouse, you couldn't hold it against him for being gone, right. but his absence would have been – noted every day because when he was gone like these are these are these are huge chemistry building moments it's a chance for him especially a guy that doesn't have the luxury of speaking the same language or at least very comfortably with everybody else there's there's just a ton of moments in the clubhouse on the field where you know you're just ribbing on a guy or, or giving him a hard time busting balls like learning personalities it's it, it would be a big loss for him just on that kind of thing um so i think it's a very smart move uh, a move that i would appreciate if i were in that clubhouse um mature uh it is unfortunate for international baseball which i love to watch in the right. world baseball classic but yeah it's it's the right move yeah i mean it's definitely a responsible decision and the world baseball classic it's going to be march 8th to march 21st so that's almost two weeks of, you know, really high intense baseball. Like guys are going to be trying their hardest. And I think it's kind of especially tough for pitchers because you're, you're usually taking that time to ramp up and get back to your level. And you're kind of thrust into that. And like, I know a lot of guys choose it willingly, but at the same time in the first year of a new deal, when you're playing in a new league, that's a tough choice to make. So I'm very, very glad that I think he's just going to take the safer route in the end. Smart move. Yeah. Definitely so. Um, speaking of Mets starting pitching depth, uh, an article came out pretty much like just before we started recording, uh, and it had a, a small detail that I wanted to expand on a little bit before we uh, wrap up today's short show um, about Tyler McGill and David Peterson, because apparently the Mets' ideal outcome in spring training has both of those pitchers missing the cut for the active roster. We saw both of them spend time in the bullpen last season. We both thought that maybe these guys could become bullpen weapons in the end, especially Tyler McGill. Uh, in the end, the Mets want these guys as high-quality pitching depth at AAA, being stretched out in the case of one of their starters going down with injury. And the Mets do have an older rotation. That's an entirely possible risk. Um, but it's kind of tough for guys like McGill and Peterson who have showed that at the big league level they can be dominant, they can be effective, especially Peterson last season. He had a great year but just doesn't really fit into the puzzle piece of this roster right now. So I, I found that a little interesting. Uh, I, I agree with it. I think, you know, those, these things have a way of working themselves out with injuries True. and, and everything. Uh, these guys are too valuable. Starting pitching is so hard to find. Right. These guys have shown that they have high ceilings as starting pitching. Um, so I think it's the smart move. Obviously I, ideally he would, they would start in triple a, but, who knows what what's going to shake out in spring training? These guys are going about their business. It's part of it's part of growing up in the game. You have options. These are the this is the deal. You may not feel like it's the best situation for you. You may feel jaded or whatever the case may be. If you were on another ball club, you'd be in the rotation for three years now. 
but that's part of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's out of your control. All you can do as a player is show up every day and try to be, get better every single day. And, and these two are so good that they're not going to just be pushed to the bullpen. You know, it's one of those, it's one of the, the, the tough parts about being a ball player. You get older and you're, you're not getting the time in the big leagues, accumulating days of service, you know, pushing yourself to arbitration where you can make enough money to, to worry about the back end and, and retirement and all that. But it is what it is. I think they're, they're, this is the right move. If it is, if it's even true, it's speculative article, whatever sure. the case may be. But I think they're too valuable as rotation pieces to, to not continue to be in the rotation, whether that's in AAA. It's the same with Alvarez getting at-bats, same as Brett Beatty, Vientos. These guys need regular at-bats, regular right. turns through the rotation, um, and their day will come. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, Verlander's going to be 40 this year. Scherzer's going to be 39. Kodai Singh just turned 30 today. Happy birthday. Carrasco's going to be 36, and Quintana's 34. This is an older rotation. It's the oldest rotation in baseball. They will get yeah, their spots. Yeah, these both both the top two guys, Scherzer Verlander, are coming off you know sub two hundred inning seasons. They both had limited you know starts. Um, Senga is coming off of out of Japan where they pitch once a week, so that new five day rotation they right. may skip a day. Carlos Carrasco, Cookie, we know some of his injury history that we've seen in the past. He's very good. All all there's all again these things work themselves out throughout the season, but. If you don't have them in AAA and when Scherzer needs, you know, to take a day off or you need to give Singa, you know, uh, a couple of trips through the rotation off, if one of these two guys don't step in, it makes your team less value or they're a lesser team without one of these guys being six, seven starters. So, yeah, uh, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes, especially how well David Peterson handled his job last year. Um, this one's going to be tough. That was easy last year because like next year's my year. Right. This one will be like, you know, maybe chip on the shoulder, but he handled it as a true pro last year. I was so impressed. I think he'll do the same thing this year. Yeah. I mean, over a hundred innings last year in ERA 3.83, he had a really terrific year in and out of the rotation. Tyler McGill had a great April started opening day. I feel like people forget about that as well. Uh, so I'm hoping that it's the latter there, that it gives them a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They want to compete. They're hungry now. And these will be, you know, the young horses of the Mets rotation if they do get their crack. They would be number one and two for the Oakland Athletics. That's true. Probably. That's I just, mean, you know what I mean? Like they would they be the Cole opening. Irvin, so. They would be batting. They, they would be battling each other for the opening day start <laughs> on a lesser team. So, uh, Jerry, have you looked at the uh, the Oakland A's roster? Don't recently? do it to me. I don't. I don't. Dude, it's bad. That's, it's sad. Dude, it's sad. It's tough. We won't yeah. go down that road, but it's, you know, don't, don't look. Shout down. out to, to my man, Johnny Daskow, who was the AAA radio play-by-play guy for He's the got Sacramento promoted, River right? Cats. Yeah. He made it to the big leagues. He's going to be, uh, yeah. He's an old man in his, you know, in his forties, <laughs> in his fifties now, actually. Uh, got to call up to the big leagues. That's a tough road being a play-by-play guy. Yeah. Trying to chase your dream. Uh, he was with the A's when I was in Sacramento in AAA, an absolute class act of a human being. He calls me every year on my half birthday, which is hilarious. (laughs) Every time it surprises me, I'll I'll be like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, Hey, happy half birthday. It's It's a big day for you. (laughs) And uh, like he starts it off every day or every year. I'm like, 
what's up? He's like, oh, big day, big what day about, for you. What about your actual birthday? Yeah, he calls me on that okay. too. <laughs> but the half birthday is hilarious. That's his kind of personality. He'd be like, hey, big day for you today, Blev. I'm like, what? What's going on? He's like, it's your half birthday. Come on, man. It's a big deal. <laughs> well, that's but awesome. He, he gets the call up. Uh, happy for him. So all's good in Oakland land for from their media coverage standpoint. For some people, yeah. I mean, not so much on the field, but everything outside of that, pretty good. It's tough. Yeah. This is this is a partial A's podcast. You know, it always kind of has been. So we're rooting I for love the A's, the A's man. Yeah. I truly do. I love the fans. I feel like uh, Mets fans and A's fans, if they were any closer, they're like twins on the opposite ends of the, of the coast, whatever the case may be. So, you know, the A's went through it or going through it. The the Mets went through their version of it. Um, Your two favorite baseball they teams, going. they could not be more different right now. The fans might be similar, but man, could not be more different directions. Stuff. Yes. What a sad note to end the show on. That's yeah, sad. it's not sad. It's reality. This is life, know. dog. You it's know tough. it. Tough love. You got anything else, Jay? No, man. Happy birthday, Kodai Singa. Happy birthday, Congratulations Singa. to Jeff McNeil. Uh, let's go Bengals too. Let's go Bengals. Bright futures. Bright future. Looking ahead. Hell yeah. All good things. All right, guys. We will see you again on Thursday where we finish our top 10 saga. We're doing the top 10 pitchers in the National League East next. Did you see some of the replies, Jerry, to our top 10 players in the NL East? I did. I did. And a lot of them, good feedback. Good some feedback. Some people... We're talking some trash, and I was like, "Show me your ten, and they're they're fair." Yeah. The fact that I don't have Bryce Harper as number one is still surprising to me, and it's probably one that I, I don't know, know if I would change it. I kind of regret it a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, it's he's true. He's the he's the best player, maybe arguably in the league every year. But I value defense so much, right? And he was a DH last year. He's going to miss half this year. But you know, whatever the case may be, who cares? It's just. Jerry and Jolly making a list. It's important um, stuff, dude. Yeah, and Our I think word is I think Lindor at shortstop. People <laughs> want him to to be bad and and to make fun of that contract, but he's he's great. He's a stud. The Braves fans definitely found the Twitter post for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you know, Austin uh, Riley, I whatever. Well, I think there, like, again, I love the feedback, and I knew I told you going in. I was like, dude, this is this is gonna bring <laughs> some vitriol. <laughs> bring it all. Bring it. Bring it on. I like it. You know, again, this is just our own BS. Like yeah. I'm this list. I haven't even written in a tenth list, a uh, number ten for our pitchers. Wow. I don't know what to do at the time. Nobody cares that we're not MLB network that we're, you know, it's making yeah, headlines. Yeah. I'm not putting in <laughs> your Madden rating. You know what I mean? I'm not changing your stats on your, your, your show, <laughs> you know, MLB the show. Come on. But yeah. Although that would be fun. I want to be that guy. Just factor that in for no reason whatsoever. Like who even makes that rating? <laughs> I did have a 99 curveball, which for really? a couple of years, which oh, was super, shit. super cool. Wow. Well, that was like a highlight for me. Jerry Blevins, 99 curveball. I, what, I wonder what your last rating was. Oh, like in 26, probably. Come on, no way. You had to at least be in like the 70s. Come on. I had a good year in 2019, but the, the 2018 year was terrible. So they're like, this guy is washed. This guy's done. He's cooked. <laughs> All right, well, we'll tackle all of that on Thursday when we, say, uh, when we see you guys next. But until then, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. See you guys soon.